Hysteria is brought to you by Books. This Mother's Day, give mom her flowers. She deserves the best. That's why you should send her farm fresh flowers from Books. That's short for bouquets. And right now, you can get 25% off your entire Books purchase. Here's why everyone likes the Books company. Books is different. Their flowers are cut fresh and sourced directly from the best flower farms, so they last way longer. They even have flowers grown on the side of a volcano, which I love. Books has modern designs and unique flowers you can't find anywhere else. Books is simple. Go online, pick the delivery date, and you are done. Mother's Day is May 12th. Don't miss the chance to thank your mom. Order your books now. And with 20% off, you can send some to mom, wife, aunt, and even grandma. Erin, I love my books. I love a flower that lasts forever, and my books arrangements really do last a full solid week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have uh, I have some sitting on my kitchen table right now, mm-hmm. and they've been there for several days. And usually when I buy them at, like, the grocery store, they're sort of, like, starting to crap Fade. out pretty quickly. Yep. Not with books. They stick around. They look beautiful. I like how they kind of slowly open up and become even more beautiful as they sit on your, you know, wherever Absolutely, you Absolutely, because they're that fresh. So go to books.com and use promo code hysteria for 25% off. That's B-O-U-Q-S dot com, promo code hysteria. Books, promo code hysteria. Hello and welcome to Hysteria. I'm Erin Ryan. And I'm Alyssa Mastromonaco. Alyssa, what do you put on a crudité tray? Crudité tray, Erin? Yeah, like what, 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 like, like raw veggies are, are on yours? I like a cucumber. I like some mm. cherry tomatoes. Um, what else do I like? I like a radish with a little mm-hmm. salt on it. Those are my go-tos. Huh. Do you do the ranch? Like the traditional... I kind of like either a little bit of a zesty blue cheese dip or since it's summer, Erin, let's be super extra. I like a little baba ganoush. A little homemade baba ganoush is delicious. Heavy on the tahini. Hmm. Okay. I'm on team tzatziki. I could put those side by side and be in heaven. Mm-hmm. And you know what? I can even do like a like zucchini sticks right I now. I like a zucchini stick. I forgot about zucchini. I can do it. You know what? And a, oh. a carrot, a carrot, a, a appropriate carrot. An appropriate carrot. Um, yeah, definitely not guac. Not guac. Guac is for nachos. This week, we are joined by Tian Tran and Akila Hughes to tackle the following questions. What's next for Liz Cheney? What's your toxic trait? And is the review of Jared Kushner's new book better than the book itself? All this and more right now. Okay, Alyssa, let's get to the news uh, and let's start on a high note. Okay. Thought I'd do some grocery shopping. I'm at Wegner's and my wife wants some vegetables for crudite, right? So here's a broccoli. That's two bucks. Not a ton of broccoli there. There's some asparagus. That's $4. Yep. Carrots. That's four more dollars. That's $10 of vegetables there. And then we need some guacamole. That's $4 more. And... She loves salsa. Yeah, there's salsa there. Six dollars. Must be a shortage of salsa. Guys, that's twenty dollars for crudite. This doesn't include the tequila. I mean, that's outrageous. And we got Joe Biden to thank for this. So the sound you just heard was famous New Jersey Hall of Fame nominee <laughs> Dr. Oz, who's campaigned for Senate in Pennsylvania. 
has devolved into him releasing embarrassing and widely mocked buckets of social media chum, I think is the best way to describe it. It is what was he doing? What was he doing? It's like, who thought that was a good idea? Honestly, his social media team hates him like Sarah Huckabee Sanders' makeup artist used to hate her. Hate. They're like, yeah, crudite. Get salsa. I watched it with the expression on my face that I have when I watch TikTok cooking videos yes. where they're like making pasta directly Spreading it on, on the, the counter. counter. Yes! Yeah. <laughs> or like... Filling a crock pot with cream cheese and then like putting a like ball of pepperoni inside of it. It's like I wanted to be like Dr. Oz. They actually make the celery. I mean, the salsa from crudite. <laughs> like, like that's it doesn't go with crudite. No, but like let's not sleep on the guac asparagus combination. But also why in that store was the guac less expensive than the salsa. That's an aberration if I ever. That doesn't make sense. That was also an amateur move of somebody who doesn't go grocery shopping for themselves. Yes. Because, you know, real G's know that if you're going to do salsa, you either do the like stuff that comes in a sealed jar. Yes. That is not refrigerated or you just make it yourself. Exactly. Homemade pico de gallo or jarred salsa. Most grocery stores in most neighborhoods don't make great salsa. No. There are exceptions. There's a couple grocery stores out here in LA where if you don't get the salsa, you why did you even go to the grocery store? That's like part of the whole appeal of going to the grocery store. Right. But yeah, Wegmans, no. Wegmans or Redner's, we don't know because he combined the names and he went to a made-up <laughs> grocery store. I mean, you know, it is fun to just sort of dunk on Dr. Oz because he— Deserves it. It's getting to the point where, yeah, he he 100% deserves it. He is not a good representative for Pennsylvanians, mm. and he would not be a good senator. Um, but I think that these issues really highlight the reasons that he wouldn't be a good exactly. representative. He doesn't know what it's like to be a normal person. I mean, if they send him to the dairy aisle next week, it's all over for him. He doesn't have a chance. Honestly, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of like Thanksgiving, right? And when I was little or in, in a house where the roles during Thanksgiving are gendered, which I, I feel like are most yeah. houses, women are doing most of the cooking, men are doing most of the running to the grocery store at the last minute. But it, to me, reminded me of a person who is sent to the grocery store on Thanksgiving, who is not cooking, who does not know how to go grocery shopping, and who comes home with like the total wrong ingredient. Yes. You know, like I think the example that I thought of first is because this happened to me one time. I sent somebody for sweetened condensed milk and they came back with like French vanilla half and half. <laughs> and I was like... <laughs> No. You're like, not dairy aisle. Not dairy. It's not in the dairy aisle. I can't use this. And it also reminded me of, you know, Dr. Oz's wife, if she did indeed send him for the crudite, will not be sending him to the grocery store ever again. Never, ever. Wait, my question, though. The sweetened condensed milk, was that for pumpkin pie? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Terrific. I just had to know. Yes, of course. Of course. Um, By the way, if you are a Pennsylvania voter and you're listening, there's a new ad campaign out from Snoop Dogg and Martha Stewart reminding you that if you are a felon, you're still allowed to vote. That comes from an organization called One Pennsylvania. And it is iconic, just iconic, it is. just in terms of the visual impact of looking at it and also the message. It's it's really important that we remember that Martha Stewart is a felon. She's a felon. 
And she's also like real life BFFs with Snoop Dogg. So it's just a 360 bundle of joy. It's a great collab. It's a great collab with an important message. And um, wow, Pennsylvania continuing to churn out color in this election season. Okay, let's talk about primary election results and my news witch prediction that Liz Cheney is eventually going to be the president, which brings me no pleasure whatsoever. No, but you have, look, you've been saying it for a while and it may not be something you want to be right about, but I think you could be right. Yeah. So in an election where I think something like less than 200,000 people voted, but yet was national headlines because whatever, we give way too much attention to red state elections. Liz Cheney lost a Republican primary for Wyoming's one congressional seat. And it was a landslide. But, you know, again, I just wanted to give some perspective to what a landslide looks like in Wyoming. Yes. Like there are, I think, 580,000 people in the state of Wyoming, which I honestly am starting to believe should be abolished uh, as a state. It should just be like absorbed into the surrounding states. Okay. It doesn't need two senators, you know? You, I mean, they really should never complain about anything. I mean, two senators and a member at large. That's a lot of representation for the bison. (laughs) Yeah, it it definitely is. And so in Liz Cheney's concession speech, uh, don't cry for me, Jackson Hole. (laughs) She indicated pretty strongly although she didn't spell out specific plans that she was planning on on some continued national political presence. Alyssa, what do you make of that? I mean, of course, it makes total sense. Like, I'm not sure. I mean, if Wyoming threw her out in a landslide, I'm not sure how the National Republican Party, which is seems even less kind um, about I don't know, displays of courage against Donald Trump than Wyoming might. Mm-hmm. So I'm not sure what it gets her. Maybe she runs as an independent. But look, I'll say this. The woman's got balls. Like, lots. It is so clear to anyone what Donald Trump did. And the fact that it's only Liz and Adam Kinzinger who are like, this is wrong and it needs to, you know, we need to investigate it. And she knew she was going to lose her seat if she did it. So, I mean... I don't know. Like, she'll be fine. She's very, very rich and she'll have a good life no matter what happens. But, you know, I give her credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's also important to remember that Liz Cheney voted alongside uh, or voted in lockstep with Donald Trump when he was the president, something like more that. More than almost anybody else. No, yeah, more than Elise Stefanik. Yeah. Like, more than some of the people that are now just like the most ardent public bootlickers of Donald mm-hmm. Trump. So, The thing about Liz Cheney continuing to be a national political figure is as a member of the January 6th committee, she is dogged and the work that she has done is admirable. And I've got nothing to offer her and her work on the committee, but kudos. Kudos. Yeah. She's been absolutely great in that role. But her on a national scale is a return to saying the quiet part quiet, you know? Yeah. Like her being a national politician, a national presence in the Republican Party is, you know, she'd still be advocating for all of the same policies that the Supreme Court is helping to further, you know, a dismantling of voting rights, a dismantling Mm -hmm. of civil rights and a uh, basically a 
weakening of the federal government to the point that we have like a state by state level chaos when it comes to every single issue and and not just abortion. So yeah, I mean, I on one hand it's like I really like Liz Cheney as a thorn in Donald Trump's side or somewhere else on his body. Um <laughs> but I don't trust her as far as I can throw her and I don't think we're going to be able to throw her. No. She's from Wyoming. She that woman can hang on to a Bronco metaphorically speaking. And she may. And she may. I don't trust the Cheneys. I fear them. Okay, speaking of fear, we are living in a post-Roe dystopia, a tech dystopia in a way. The age that we're living in means that data about people's reproductive choices, people's medical decisions are more susceptible to being exploited by bad actors than ever. And in a post-Roe world, sometimes those bad actors, as we know, are the state. Right. So uh, last week we talked about Facebook handing over uh, DMs and private Facebook data to authorities in a case of a a teenager having an abortion. Uh, This week we're talking about how college students aren't actually protected by HIPAA. Which is, okay, my brain blew apart when I read about this. I had no idea this Family Educational Rights and Privacy Act existed, which literally is the reason that they're not protected by HIPAA. Okay. Can you explain a little bit more? Yes. The Family Educational Privacy and Rights Act is the law that applies to kids in college. And what it means now in states, it's apparently, and I tried to read it, it's very, very dense, which means you know that it's fucking fucked up Mm -hmm. because you can't just read it and be like, oh, I get it. But Jessica Valenti did a great article on this. And essentially, as an example, Erin, say I was a student in college and I was raped and I reported it to my school and they recommend you go see a therapist, which would make terrific sense. So you go see the therapist. Well, Erin, they can access the notes that your therapist took. And the way in which schools use this is that they assume, say, uh, I feel the case was handled badly, that the school didn't take me seriously. If I go to sue the school, they can access my records, which in many cases I cannot even access. Oh, my God. And they can, for example, then a student, say a student who is working in the dean's office, is like goes and accesses my records at the request of the dean. If that student sees that I was counseled by my residence assistant, my RA, to get an abortion, and say we live in Texas, she can try to get the $10,000 bounty and report me to the police, report the residence advisor to the police. It is fucking wild that this law exists. And it really is perilous in states specifically that are anti-abortion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. Um, this week, or we're, we're kind of in the thick of it, but I'm not getting it as much this year. The the Bama TikTok mm-hmm. uh, sorority rush. Rush? Content. Yeah. You know, on social media, it's, it's you know, sorority rush right now. And there's this, there's a ton of content of all of these young women trying to join like Greek life. And, you know, I keep thinking as I'm seeing all of these kids, I mean, they're they're young adults, but they're right on the cusp of adulthood. A lot of them are rushing colleges that are in states that are not only hostile to abortion, but that are surrounded by places where abortion is accessible. And I'm like, God, you know what? 
I know that there are going to be girls in these videos that I'm watching who eventually need to access plan B or mm-hmm. who uh, where, where their emergency contraception doesn't work and they find themselves pregnant and they need to access abortion. Like there are so many people in these states that seem to want to live on a planet separate from the planet that we're living on. And it's just, it's crazy. I, I feel as though a lot of college students are, and again, brings me no joy to say this, are kind of in for a rude awakening. Whatever kind of carefree aspects of college life people even in my generation could enjoy. Um, I mean, I did go to a Catholic school, but, you know, had I gone to a state school, um, you know, those things are not going to, there are going to be a lot more high stakes, you know, uh, and it, uh, it's, it's really fucked up that your college can share with authorities information about whether or not you've sought abortion care that uh, that's fucked up. That's fucked up. And it's fucked up. And I hope, I hope that Secretary Cardona, Secretary of Education, um, they know that this is inadequate, and I hope that they get on addressing it. Like, seems like this shouldn't be too hard to fix. Yeah, and it also seems as though college students shouldn't exist in this, like, weird legal donut hole where their rapes are taken, you know, are 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 handled by their university, and law enforcement kind of doesn't really deal with them either, and they're not really protected, like— Adults are protected by HIPAA, but they're also, it's just, it's its a very odd legal place for them to be in, especially now that uh, abortion rights are not protected for yeah. millions and millions of Americans. So uh, we will keep an eye on that. If you go to a college where um, they're taking steps to protect you, um, we would love to hear about it, hysteria at crooked.com, um, because it just seems like it's the Wild West out there right now, and, and I'm very curious about what's going on. Okay. Uh, more in the tech dystopia, Google Maps is regularly sending people looking for abortion clinics to crisis pregnancy centers, which are it's not, so bad. It's, which are not abortion clinics. Uh, yeah, that's like if I, if I broke my leg, I needed to go to, go to the doctor and Google was like, try going to church. Right. You should pray on it. Yeah, that does it. That's not going to fix it. I need a I need a cast. I need an expert. <laughs> I need a medically trained professional. I don't need uh lies and guilt and uh and and really um coercive attempts to get me to have the baby and then give it to a rich evangelical family. Exactly. That's essentially what crisis pregnancy centers are. So I did try googling. I try I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to try this and see what happens," but I'm in New York, so they actually there are places to get abortions, so it's easier. Okay. It came up as actual abortion centers. Well, now if you go to Texas, you're going to be in big trouble, Big Alyssa. trouble. You're going to be on uh, their 10 million most wanted list of people <laughs> who are Googling abortions. But yeah, Bloomberg News did an analysis of Google Maps uh, results, and they found about a quarter of the results given to people who type in abortion clinic into the map search bar are pregnancy centers. Crisis pregnancy centers. Mm-mm, not abortion clinics. Not abortion clinics, not what we're looking for. No, and in 13 states, including Arkansas, South Carolina, and Idaho, where the procedure is essentially banned, five or more of the top 10 results were CPCs, not Mm. abortion clinics. You know what? I wonder how people who work at Google feel about this. Probably not good. I mean, I would. I, I'm hoping this this article is a wake up call. Yeah. I mean, how can the algorithms at these places turn out to be so much more conservative than the people who work there? 
It just seems weird. Seems a little suspicious. Seems a little sus. Um, so uh, closing out this kind of tech dystopia segment, interesting data. Like this is sort of a well, 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 well. I love when you bring a good well, well, well to the end of news. Yeah, this is sort of a well, well, well. And this is also something that we would file under find out season. 24th of June was the day the Dobbs decision was handed down by the Supreme Court. Of course, we know that date, which will live in infamy. Target Smart analyzed new voter registrations in states where reproductive rights are in danger. In Wisconsin, for example, there's an 1849 law that has been allowed to go into effect that bans abortion in the state. Um, in Wisconsin, since June 24th, women have outregistered men to vote by 15.6%. Significant. Let's hear it. Yeah, pretty good. 15.6%. In Michigan, where uh, an old abortion ban was allowed to, it's sort of working its way through the courts right now, uh, women are outregistering men to vote by 8.1 percentage points. And Democrats in Michigan are outregistering Republicans by 18 percentage points. Now, you might say, well, is this just the way that Democrats and, and women register to vote? Is it just part of the pattern? In states where reproductive rights are not immediately in jeopardy, like in, in like New York, for example, mm -hmm. voter registrations close to 50-50 men and women. So um, I just got to say, this might be some find out season when it comes to Dobbs. We don't know what the impact of um, the Dobbs decision will be on voting. We know what the impact is on people's lives because we're seeing it every single day and it's horrific and, and disgusting. But the impact on voting is something that is yet to be seen. And it looks as though there are hints that the impact might be that women are pissed. Pissed. They're like, okay, you went and did it. Okay, we're, fuck it. We're not putting pussy hats on this time. We're just going to vote. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's fine. It's way too hot to wear a hat right now. It's way too hot for a hat and voting's much more effective. Exactly. And we did see this in Kansas as well. So yeah, fingers crossed. So yeah, I think I think this speaks to the way that like women socialize with each other and how important it is for People who are even in red states or purple states or even in places where you feel as though maybe you're the like a blue dot in a sea of red, mm -hmm. just kind of start having these conversations with your friends. People who aren't necessarily the most politically involved, who you think might actually be people that we can have voting in favor of preserving bodily autonomy. Um, start those conversations. I think that having a conversation with a neighbor and a friend is is a much more powerful way to get people to the polls than, you know, a splashy TV ad. Bring it ads. up at book club. Bring it up at, yeah, bring it up at book club. Bring it up at like Bible study. There's any place. Abortion is in the Bible, you know. It's always okay to talk about abortion. Is it? Sure. <laughs> I mean, I I can think of a few examples where perhaps it would not be. Well, I'm just saying, I think if you're at book club, that means you're reading books. And if you're reading books, it means you're curious. So bring up abortion. Yeah. Why not? Why not? See what happens. It's find out season. So let's find, find let's out. Find out. Um, we've got a toast. Alyssa, you want to you want to give the toast this oh, week? You know what? I love Scotland so much. I'm actually going to go there next year. What? Amazing. Aaron, yes. Aaron. The Scottish government became the first in the world to legally protect the right to access free period products when the Period Products Act came into force earlier this week. That's great. Erin, it's not just that they're putting an array 
of products in public places, you can actually search online and be like, where's the closest tampon to me? And it'll tell you libraries, community centers, you name it, Erin, you can get hopefully organic cotton to your heart's content. Oh, that's wonderful. You know, it also presents some cool opportunities for like friendship meet cutes. Imagine like meeting a friend over the basket of free Scottish tampons. Or being like, no, you take the last tampon. I'll take the maxi pad. (laughs) Friends forever. (laughs) When you're traveling in Scotland, if you really want to make friends, you just like hang out near the free period products and like wait for a kindred spirit to come by and you guys can be like, isn't it cool? This is free. (laughs) (laughs) That's great. Well, a toast to Scotland. If we have any listeners there, which I'm I'm sure we do. Uh, I hope we do. I hope we do. I want to, I want to hear you. You guys should be leaving us voice memos. Really good ones. And you're like very perfect accents. Yes. I won't be able to understand it, but we'll play. We will play them and be like, Oh, that's fun to listen to. Okay, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we are going to talk about our toxic traits. This episode is brought to you by IQ Bar. Power up your life with superior brain and body nutrition products from IQ Bar. Their plant protein bars are the perfect low-carb breakfast. Their IQ Mix zero-sugar hydration drinks replenish electrolytes. And their IQ Joe mushroom coffees will keep you focused all day long. Start each day right with IQ Bar's brain and body boosting bars, hydration mixes, and mushroom coffees. Their ultimate sampler pack includes all three. IQ Bar empowers doers with superior brain and body nutrition. All their products are entirely free from gluten, dairy, soy, GMOs, and artificial sweeteners. And today, Hysteria listeners get an exclusive offer of 20% off plus free shipping. Just text HYSTERIA to 64000. One thing I love about IQ Bar is, first of all, right now it's really dry where I am. Oh, okay. It is hard for me to stay hydrated. I just like, I'll just be going through my day and I'll be like, why am I so like... Parched. I'm parched. I'm in a bad mood. I feel like I'm going to pass out. And it's, ah, you got to drink some water. You got to stay hydrated. I really like their IQ Mix Zero Sugar Hydration Drinks because it allows me to rehydrate myself at a time when I feel like the atmosphere is trying to take all my moisture away. Well, and sometimes you need more than just water. Sometimes you need more more than just water. I also love IQ bars because I love a portable breakfast. I love a grab-and-go breakfast. No dishes. Love something I can walk around holding and eating. I like something I can eat in my car without endangering the lives of me and every other motorist on the road. A breakfast burrito. (laughs) Not, Not the safest thing to eat behind the wheel. IQ bar, go ahead and do it. Good for you. Great ingredients. Helps you stay focused and alert throughout the day. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, and you don't have to dirty any dishes. Refuel smarter with IQ Bar's Ultimate Sampler Pack. That's seven IQ Bars, four IQ Mix sticks, and four IQ Joe sticks. And now our special podcast listeners get 20% off all IQ Bar products plus get free shipping. To get your 20% off, just text Hysteria to 64000. Get your discount. Text Hysteria to 64000. That's H-Y-S-T-E-R-I-A to 64000. Message and data rates may apply. See terms for details. This episode of Hysteria is brought to you by Viore. 
Need the perfect Mother's or Father's Day gift? Check out Viore Performance Apparel. Drawing inspo from the coastal California lifestyle, Viore's products inspire others to live vibrant, active lives. I love that they're calling this the coastal California lifestyle. I will embrace that instead of what I thought it was, which was the I only want to wear comfortable clothes lifestyle. Yeah. I have. I refuse to be uncomfortable if I want to be productive. I refuse (laughs) to be uncomfortable, but sometimes I have to look like I belong in a respectable place lifestyle, which is like Viore is perfect for it because they, the clothes look fantastic. They fit great. They are so comfortable. I lie down in mine all the time. (laughs) (laughs) Especially Erin, the women's performance joggers. They have a slim but relaxed fit and are designed with dream knit stretch fabric. I love my joggers. I've slept in mine. I've slept in them. Really? You don't get hot? No. They're very, like, on oh. a, it's like a couch nap. You know, you have like a, oh yeah you've got like maybe a half an hour in the afternoon. You're like, ooh, I've got a like small break. I'm very tired. I'm going to just like lay down for 20 minutes. It's yeah. Perfect. Perfect for couch okay. napping. Joggers. I love the leggings. I can work out in them. I can do my errands in them. I can wear them with a proper top to a business meeting. It is not a problem. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you probably could. Just put yeah, a, a totally. blazer and like— Denim shirt. Denim, denim shirt, oh, blazer, yeah. leggings. So easy. 100%. And, of course, the men's core shorts. They have a classic athletic fit, falling just above the knee, while the Sunday performance joggers are made from recycled performance stretch fabric. I got my dad some men's core shorts. He wears them to mow the lawn. That's perfect. He is, like, I think my my dad is one of those people that just, like, beats the crap out of his clothes. He'll wear them until they're— they look like a security blanket that a 30-year-old yep. still has where it's just like a ball of string and you're like, um, Our dads are the same. Yeah, yeah. But um, my dad has had his for like a couple of years now and I think I, I saw him wearing them the other week when I met up with um, family on a, on a short weekend trip and they still looked great. It was like, Dad, your clothes still look new. <laughs> so fancy. Viore is offering Hysteria listeners 20% off your first purchase. Get some of the most comfy and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com slash hysteria. That's V-U-O-R-I dot com slash hysteria. You'll also enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Go to viore.com slash hysteria and discover the versatility of Viore clothing. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the show where we own our toxicity uh, like Superfund sites, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. We're all human Superfund sites, not cleaning up, actually. (laughs) Um, I'm really excited to talk about this today just because I love some good self-reflection that leads me to thinking that I'm a terrible person. Um, so let's get into it. I, I want to introduce the rest of our panel first up. She's the queen of champagne. <laughs> Still. Champagne 
As in Illinois, not as as in sparkling (laughs) white wine from a specific region of France, although she may be the queen of that, too. She's also in the midst of filming the newest season of How I Met Your Father. Tian Tran, welcome to Hysteria. Hello. Thank you for having me. How are you settling in? How are you settling in out here? Great. Just, you know, missing some important pieces of furniture, but (laughs) adapting You know, sitting on the ground when need be, (laughs) (laughs) piling books up on the floor, you know. Did you put, um, you can use piles of books for chairs, you know. You just have to be very, like, you have to just sit down very up and down (laughs) and then stand up. So that your weight is evenly distributed because you could Okay, fall. good idea. Yeah. Good, like I'm using a card table right now. Oh. Are you guys playing cards a lot? No. <laughs> <laughs> but somehow the card table made the journey. It did make it did make the journey across country. <laughs> wow. Well, I look forward to hearing about when your couches arrive because uh I've I've heard some horror stories about people moving cross country and like they just peace out for a few weeks and then reappear. Uh, I mean, I also just heard someone ordered something in January and it's just arriving to them. So I was like, please, please don't let that happen. (laughs) Are we during this kind of waning phase of the pandemic where we're all pretending that there's no pandemic, are we going to all learn how to make furniture like we learned how to make sourdough? I'm trying to. Don't tempt me. Don't me. I'm starting small. I'm building a little tiny miniature house right now, and I can glue a chair like nobody's business. <laughs> Incredible. Well, let me know when you size up, Tian. I can't wait to, to learn about your journey into making adult-sized furniture. Um, and rounding out the panel this week, you might recognize her wonderful laugh in the background. Mm. Uh, <laughs> you also might know her from hosting What a Day for a while, and uh, we're super happy to have her back. Akila Hughes, welcome to Hysteria. What it do, everybody? Good morning. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> It's so good to see you. Thanks also, you oh my gosh, former Disney princess. Uh, I gotta, yes. I gotta say that. Yeah, honestly, um, I gotta add really... that to my bio. What am I doing? <laughs> am Seriously, I, doing? I don't lead with Actual. the right stuff. That's my time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I wanted to talk about toxic traits this weekend. As I was like researching for this episode, I realized that there is no like established definition of what toxicity is and what a toxic trait is. And it seems to be that most of the media that's out there about toxic traits is about how other people are the toxic ones. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a ton of like self-reflection on it that you can find in a, in a sort of consolidated space. Um, there's a lot of like healing from having a toxic <laughs> mom or wh- how to get away from a toxic group of friends. And I just really think that we are all uniquely terrible in our own special ways. Um, so, Akila, I want to start with you. What is a toxic trait? Is there a universal definition of what toxicity is, or is it subjective? Oh, it's fully subjective. It's like uh, it's like astrology. Like after a certain point, people just start saying like, "That's what Virgos do," and you're like. Based on what? <laughs> like, that's not even in this book. They're like, you know how you wake up late, like Virgos? I'm like, you're making stuff up. Like, you just, you just want to keep the conversation going. And I appreciate that. I love the chat. So <laughs> we'll just keep pretending. But um, yeah, I think that it has to be uh, an individual sort of assessment because it, something that's toxic to you may not be toxic to the other person. Like avocados. Some people are allergic. <laughs> <laughs> and that is my 9.30 a.m. book report. <laughs> so should we call them like 
uh, like alert allergic traits. Yeah, like honestly, yeah. But these are my allergies, my human allergies. <laughs> <laughs> I can't take it. Oh man, uh, Tian, what do you what do you think? Same question. Are they universal? Is toxicity universal, or is it just does it vary from person? To I person? think it's pretty subjective. I feel like we've taken toxic traits and turned it into anything that's like mildly inconvenient or annoying. (laughs) (laughs) Like everything is toxic now. I think it's gotten to a point where like if there's something that I don't like about a particular person, I'm like, that's toxic. And it could be them just (laughs) (laughs) like slow walkers on the sidewalk. Pretty toxic trait to me. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it sort of reminds going back to what Akila said about allergies. It's like when you go to a restaurant and you're like, I'm allergic to eggplant, even though you're not allergic to eggplant, you just want to add some urgency to them not putting eggplant on your food because you don't like it. Um, Or like the scene in Sex and the City when Carrie lied and said she was allergic to parsley. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Terrible. That's a toxic trait. Did she do that? When did she do that? Was that that early? (laughs) She Original or a recent? I don't know. I I just remember because one of the traits that I read as toxic is when people are overly finicky about food for no reason, aside from the fact that they're just being like finicky. Um, that's that's one of the things I, I read is like, man, I don't like that. Um, <laughs> Alyssa, hard agree. Hard agree yeah. with that one. As someone who suffers from IBS and can pretty much gut out anything, it's like when I listen to people order and say what they're allergic to, I'm like, no, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. Yeah. Sure not. Uh, um, Alyssa, what do you think? What is a toxic trait if we had to come up with a definition? Because I think we need a definition if we're going to move forward with a conversation about something. (laughs) Whoa, I did not prepare this part of my book report. Um, (laughs) In conclusion. I would say toxic. Toxic is something that either makes you feel bad or someone else feel bad, like unnecessarily. Right? That's like damaging. It should be damaging in some way. So damaging, I think, is a good word to <laughs> kind you. of seize on. So when you get damaged yeah, by yeah. people ordering when, you- <laughs> 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 when it's psychological, yeah, when it's psychologically terrifying to hear someone's restrictive diet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> 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 but yeah, yeah to, like- it should be damaging to someone in some way. Yeah. Okay. And and I feel as though. I think that like a workable definition of a toxicity is something that's like damaging and more damaging over time. Sure. So like if it you compounds. spend a lot of, yeah, like if you spend a lot of time around somebody and they have a specific type of trait, it eventually kind of increases the amount of damage on you. It's like a it, it takes from you um, in much the same way that like if you just sat there popping like little pieces of poisonous mushroom, eventually <laughs> you've had too too much toxins. Yeah, I mean, you know, we haven't reached that limit yet. <laughs> yeah. Your your liver liquefies and you die a horrible death. Um, but yeah, I, I think that like, I think that's an important place to start. And then we can also kind of talk a little bit about how the expanded universe of toxicity has been like anything that annoys me that continues to annoy me. Um, Akila, do, do you when you were kind of prepping for this, did you feel as though you were in touch with your toxic traits or that you had to dig deep to figure out what oh, they were? Oh, they're all like on the surface. <laughs> like, I was like, you know, it's like if a doctor was like, how you feeling? I'm like, let me just go through the list. <laughs> this number, it's my knee. <laughs> so yeah, I have plenty of a, uh, I think the thing is like, 
I don't know. I think especially for people in this profession, you have to know yourself pretty well because you're often asked questions like this. So I was like, oh, yeah, no, I know what sucks about me for sure. Like, I don't know. Are you ready to hear them? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Share. All Feel right. Free. I mean, I think my most obvious and everyone is probably who follows me on Twitter can agree is that I just respond to the dumbest shit and I will get incredibly angry and like fight people to the death on the Internet. And I'm like, for what? Like, I know it's bad. I know it has wasted my time, their time, every person watching's time. Like, I could have blocked and done, like, any, I could have cured cancer by now. And that's on me. <laughs> I am so easily baited. I'm like, you're stupid and you need to know you're stupid. And I'm like, all right, that's my personal brand. And that's unfortunate. And it is also maybe a little toxic. Toxic to me, I would say, more than anybody else, because it's probably a bunch of bots who, like, you know, are just sitting on some compound, like, <laughs> got another one. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely number one. <laughs> you bring up a really good point, because I think, like, toxic traits, um, I think when we discuss them, I think there's two different ways that people talk about them. And one of them is, like, externally toxic, and the other one is, like, internally toxic. And <laughs> when I think of, like, a toxic trait, I think of... Like what you're talking about, Akilah, yeah. which is like, you know, <laughs> you just you're just like, I cannot let this go. Yeah. No, absolutely not. You're an <laughs> asshole. You need to know you're an asshole. <laughs> the thing about assholes is they don't know they're assholes. That's part of what intensifies. Right. And I, it's my job to tell them. <laughs> if I don't tell them, they will continue. And uh, yeah, all day people like have their Aquila flag and they just slowly lower them. <laughs> They're like, can you just let it go now? <laughs> like, no, I'm back up and I have more to say. <laughs> It's just wild. Tian, what is your what is your toxic trait in the spirit of like Aquila's toxic trait, which is like internally destructive? Yes, uh, I mean, I, I, I did that healthy thing when when I was like, I asked my partner, I was like, "What's my toxic trait?" <laughs> she was, she was like, "I think it's one of those things where you you, you don't know until you know." I was like, "Just tell me." <laughs> and I I I think it's my toxic trait is definitely avoidance on like a, a large scale. I have I have like avoid confrontation when it comes to like family members or like things with friends that I should probably talk about. I kind of wanted to just like sweep it under the rug. I also like will put things off for a very long time. Internally toxic. Like I won't open my, I feel like a, a, I won't open my mail for a very long, like I, I think <laughs> I'm, avoid, I'm, like, oh, I'm like avoidance on like a lot of different levels in my life. Like I once opened a letter from seven years ago that was my alma mater trying to give me money. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> like, I just like, <laughs> I have a couple hundred dollars sitting at Boston College that's just going to sit there because I'm not going to deal with it. Oh, my so. God. <laughs> Can I just share that you're like rocking me right now. Um, So I'm so. Really? <laughs> so Erin's toxic trait was just that she has like ingrown <laughs> hairs or something yeah. like something so minor. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm like, like, I'm like a, better a, get a, a lifetime of avoidance. <laughs> um, so the, the opening mail thing is so real. So here, when, when I lived uh, in New York so City, um, there was like this period of time where I like wrote for a TV show. Then I went back to working at Jezebel and like I wasn't working in TV anymore, but I kept getting these letters from the WGA and I was like, ugh, they're bugging me about paying dues. Like I just kept getting, and I just wouldn't open them, wouldn't open them and wouldn't open them. And then finally one day right before, this was like a full six years. 
after I had no longer been, or more like five years after I was no longer writing for this TV show. And um, I get a call from the WGA and they're like, you have like $15,000 worth of uncashed checks. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. That's all my dream. Of my residuals <laughs> checks. So like for people who haven't like worked if you work in like TV writing, you get paid per week that you work and then when the show re-airs, you get like a small residuals check, right? And so if you're writing for a show that gets re-aired a lot on regular TV, not you know, not streaming, if you get if you write for a show like that that gets rerun a lot, you get, like, it really, really adds up. And I had just not opened any, any residuals checks. <laughs> You're hurting yourself. That's toxicity, man. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's, there were probably several days where, like, was, I guess I it, won't get a Seriously, <laughs> I was just, it was, like, it was, like, more money than I had. Like, it was, I was just, like, Oh, my God. <laughs> anyway, because I wouldn't open my mail. It was, like, so much money. And it was, and you'd think I would have learned my lesson, but if there's anything I won't learn, it's my lesson. Um, yeah, <laughs> I that was that. I, and I, I remember being like, wow, I'm an idiot. And that's a toxic trait. But it's still, every time I have like a bunch of mail, I'm like, I can't, I can't I open can't. this. It's just like, a, I can't. No, but mine is like a feeling of triumph and victory because I'm like, you know what? I'm not doing that again. And I just open it up. <laughs> and, you know, guys, it's always like a 50-50. 50% of the time, it's not good. Yeah. But 50% of the time, it's like a dollar refund from the state of New York. I mean, that's it. Take the government's money. That's what, that's what I mean. I'll take the dollar. Uh, why do you think people are sharing their toxic traits now? Like, why is it such a... Uh, it's almost like become a meme or my toxic trait is X, Y, Z. Why do you think it's something that people are more willing to talk openly about? Akila? I mean, I definitely think that we're just in the era of content where <laughs> every the word you see how it like my my face like quivered. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, we're in the phase of that um, where people are just so desperate to be relatable. And I think that like, you know, I have a chip on my shoulder. That's another tra- bad trait I have. This is actually, I always got a chip on my shoulder about shit that's not about me. Um, but I just feel like I'm like, some people were relatable. Me. <laughs> Everyone is like, I am relatable. I have problems too. It's like some model on Instagram that's like, my toxic trait is that I eat all the bread when we it's order like, it. Oh, like, no, I hate it that. <laughs> That's you're also hungry. not a toxic trait. Right, you're just hungry. And <laughs> That's you just eating. Your toxic yes. trait is thinking that eating is somehow deviant. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I think one thing that I've I've found to be a toxic trait in that it is like corrosive in my soul is that, and the pandemic made this worse, is that I sometimes if I'm not feeling great about myself or if I'm in like sort of a negative thought spiral about myself, I externalize that into every interaction that I have. So I read negativity on interactions where there is no negativity. Um, like there's always a part when I, when I used to go out to parties or whatever, there would always be a phase when I got home, when I would think about how in every conversation, there were clues that the person I talked to didn't like me and like, (laughs) like, yeah. Oh God, they don't like me. Whoa. (laughs) 
guys. People like you. I know, Eric. People like you so much. No, but it's, but I don't, I'm not asking for compliments right now. I, I, but I seriously, like, I, you know, when you, I, I think that this is, is fairly common. When you have a conversation and then afterwards you're like, oh, I didn't do everything perfectly in the conversation. And now they think I'm annoying or they think I'm stupid or I sounded, I sounded desperate or I, I got nervous and I talked too much and I, you know, I didn't ask enough questions and I like will I will Monday morning quarterback my own conversations and social interactions to an extent where I'm like that. I, I can't ever go out again. I'm terrible. No. Uh, no. Yeah. Whoa. I feel so excited that I made it to be your co-host. I mean, I feel like I climbed <laughs> some real walls that I heard. I really I cleared some hurdles because Aaron's need Aaron's need to do that to conversations and my need to be liked they just dovetailed into us communicating absolutely oh, perfectly totally and i i think that that having a a person that you're collaborating with who understands like your need to be reassured it, after socials, it's sort of like just it's easier that way. Tian, you were sort of like, oh, I feel that that's like real. I mean, do you ever play back conversations you had in a way that almost feels like toxic or that undermines what happened? All the time. All the, there's that that phrase like spirit of the staircase where like, oh, yeah, um, where I will always like think of the thing that I wanted to say either in a positive way or in a negative way, like. 15 minutes, 20 minutes, half hour, hour after I've left the situation. And it is, it spirals. And I mean, I feel like in this particular industry too, when I'm like, when I was doing more stand up and going out to open mics and like trying to meet people, every interaction felt so precious. Like every single conversation that I had with a comic, I was like, did I fuck that up? Was I funny enough? No, I wasn't. Oh my God. They're not going to like me. I was too quiet. I was too like, I wasn't personable enough. They're never going to invite me back. Like just like things like you're just always when you're putting yourself out there and making yourself vulnerable. And I think that's what is part of this like social media trend of like telling people what they're toxic. It's like you're making yourself vulnerable by like putting out your relatability and putting out your toxic traits. But I also think it lets us kind of cop out to the fact that like, these are things that we should also examine in ourselves instead of just like, <laughs> instead of just like putting out. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah, that's like, the whole this. point. Yeah, I think <laughs> this is a thing I do. <laughs> this is a thing I do and it's bad and other people do it too. Great. I'll just not work on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Let's not change. Yeah. I had a whole conversation with myself yesterday about my toxic traits. And I was like, Alyssa, you know this about yourself. What have you done about it? Have you addressed it? And I literally just sat in the kitchen and I was like, well, you have kind of addressed it. And it's like many years ago. And the person who pointed out my toxic trait was Dan Pfeiffer. God bless. In a very loving way. Because whenever we have like a work community, our hysteria community, like when I get used to people and I trust mm -hmm. them. I don't like new people. I just don't. And Pfeiffer always used to say, you hate people before you love them. And I was like, no, that's not. It was his very nice way of telling me to not be judgmental because new people were coming into the office. And I was like, why are you telling me that? He's like, you know how it is. You have a way of communicating. We all understand it. And then new people come and they challenge you. And I was like, I can't be challenged. And he was like, no, I'm saying don't waste all the emotional energy mm -hmm. in not liking mm -hmm. people you're ultimately going to like. And I was like, but we don't know that every time. 
And maybe the fact that I put up these hurdles for people to clear <laughs> shows me that they can be liked. Do you know what I mean? So I guess if I had to define it, my toxic trait is a bit, it's rigidity. I think I'm a bit of a rigid person. But, you ha- but you're also a person who's had to set up systems in order to make complicated mm-hmm. events work. Which is why it's like, if you tell me, so part of my job, this is why I think post White House, I've struggled a bit. Because if you tell me part of my job is that I have to pivot on a dime, mm-hmm. I can yeah. do that. I can be rigid <laughs> in that way in that I need to pivot. Okay. If you tell me this weekend, Alyssa, we're going to play it by ear, <laughs> I will play it by ear. However, if I have plans and they start going yeah. awry, no, 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 no. We need to make decisions. It's like, okay, look, it looks like it's going to rain now. Okay, we're just going <laughs> to cancel on Saturday, right? Even though it's like Friday at noon. Like there are just, I have, I have, as I have gotten older, I think that my ability to be flexible uh, has has been challenged. And that is my, that's my toxic trait <laughs> that I take it out on everyone around Here's me. Here's something that I have sort of, and, and I know, you know, everybody on this, in this group today, I would consider you all my friends. Like we've had conversations offline mm-hmm. that regard like, things that are on our minds, et cetera. Something that I've noticed in a lot of women I respect and I'm friends with, including people here, but not just, in, just, you <laughs> just guys. say who it is. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, what do you have? What are you about to say? Where's this going? <laughs> um, this feels like an intervention. Is that I really think you guys need oh. to stop drinking. <laughs> um, uh, it's a one person intervention with like, <laughs> Um, no, I was, I was going to say, I think that a lot of women do this. Things go in a way that are not the ideal way for them to go for us. But instead of speaking up, we just kind of let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go, let it go. So meanwhile, we become more and more frustrated quietly without saying anything because we really just don't want to cause, we don't want to rock the boat. We don't want to complain. We don't Mm want to be the people that are like, you know, with the squeaky wheel. We want to be like good and compliant and go along with things. And then finally, we've gotten to a point where we're so angry internally about this thing that we haven't spoken up against and we haven't taken steps to fix that it's just like almost explosion level time. And Alyssa, you know what I'm talking about. And I know that you do this as well. Um, Where like, you know, somebody will do something over and over again and I'll just like let it slide. And then all of a sudden it's like, you have to stop, you know, and it, (laughs) It kind of builds. Um, Alyssa, you're nodding. I I would love to hear your thoughts on this. I, yeah, I mean, look, yes, yes. It's like I will let things go and let things go. And then all of a sudden, it's a 12 on a 10 point scale. I am crying for no reason. I'm mad at everyone. When really, it's not what just, it's like, and then you have done it to yourself. You have fucking done it to yourself because you know what? At this point, you can't address it because you're the pussy who let it all pile up. And so you can't take it out on the person who who was the straw that broke the camel's back unless they're mm-hmm. the person who's done it every mm-hmm. time and you've let it slide every time. If it's like, things related to your family at large or like your workplace. I mean, you just, and then, and then it's on you. And then you have lost many opportunities to address things. And now you have to deal with your personal terror alone. (laughs) Well, and then there's also some self-loathing involved there, right? Like, yeah, you're like that. You're you're an asshole, Alyssa, to myself. Alyssa, you're an asshole. You did this to yourself now. Okay. You could have had a nice little conversation with someone about something they were doing, but now you're, you're a banshee and you can't, you can't. Now you, you just have to resolve it alone, alone. Just take a walk 
and explain to yourself why you did this to yourself. Toxic trait. Mm. Wait, well, I just have a question, though. Have you ever done that and then, like, it plays out for long enough that that toxic situation or, like, the thing that you didn't call out resolves itself by that person just leaving? And you're yes. like, oh, yes. we held out just long yes. enough. Yes, 100%. That's, like, always the best. I'm, like, dapping myself up. That's why it's so easy to keep doing it because you're like, well, the one time when I really, really didn't like working with this one person – they just mm-hmm. got a new job and then I didn't have to deal with them anymore. You know, like I know. I, right. I I do the old like I like to pick and choose my battle and I'm like, oh, the battle's been <laughs> removed. <laughs> exactly. All right. Exactly. Well then. Uh, I won. I guess I'll take this uh armor and sword and uh, set it down <laughs> yeah. and walk away. But is that like is is that a toxic trait of us putting things off, putting things off to explode because of the toxic environment that we're in? Like, is it the chicken or the egg thing? Yeah. Like, which yeah. came first? The fact that, like, in a workplace situation, I've been in situations where, like, I did not feel safe enough to make that initial conversation or, like, confront a certain person or a certain, you know, creative choice because it felt bigger than me. Yeah. And then I internalized that and then blew up. So, like... What yeah. comes first. Exactly. <laughs> Do you know what my new thing is here? Uh, this is, and I've tried to employ this over the past year or so. I don't hold it in anymore. I, But I start with a sort of passive, you know, it, I start things with, if I'm being honest, <laughs> here is how I feel. And kind of do with it as you see fit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Which unburdens me because I've said my piece. And if no one agrees with me, fucking great. I mean, but at least I said it because if I didn't, just fucking compounds and compounds yeah. and compounds. Yeah. And so just I'm just saying it may be the title of a third book, if I'm being honest. I go full coup. <laughs> I'm just like coup. <laughs> I'm like, I get I gotta get all my allies together and now we're having a meeting. Full coup. <laughs> and I'm like so we've all been thinking for a long time. Oh, man. Like, they don't say anything either. They're not even brave enough, but it's like, I just need to have my back. <laughs> to be like, isn't so that right? Because you were just saying, you were just saying. <laughs> per my last email. Point. I saw you look at me. <laughs> exactly. Um, we all agree. <laughs> so you can't be mad at me for calling the meeting and also hosting. <laughs> That's the way. So one thing that I, I think is sort of like missing from a lot of the toxicity conversations is I am I'm of the school of thought that I think toxic traits usually have like a good twin or a toxic trait is usually like the evil twin of a good a good trait. Um, so if you're somebody who procrastinates from a place of avoiding confrontation, you're maybe somebody who is like not gonna just blow up on a dime. you know like you're you're somebody who who's like in control of your emotions and you care about like the harmony of the environment around you. Okay, I'll take that in my. I'll, I'll, <laughs> that makes me so. I, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Akila, do you think you're a toxic trait of not being able to just like let things lie? Um, do you think it has a, a good twin? I do. I actually think it's like the fact that I do go to the mat for things that I care about. And like, mm-hmm. I will say that across the board in my like life personally and career and like just living in like a weird apartment with like a weird landlord, like all of that stuff. It's like I think that a more timid person would be like running a lot more like they'd have to leave their house they'd have to leave their job they'd have to and I'm like no I'm gonna make this a place that I can like stand (laughs) and so like sometimes that comes across in like a very direct way but also like 
you know, there are the assholes that I end up fighting on the internet and they just never want to just like let it go either. (laughs) So it's like, you know, bulls ramming horns. But sometimes you meet someone who's just reasonable, who's like, oh yeah, no, I didn't think about that. I'm just going to delete. I'm like, yeah, me too. Like, sorry that this, you know, whatever. Like we clearly just had a misunderstanding. And I think that like, then we respect each other more. Like, I feel like I Mm -hmm. often find people who would be willing to, you know, just like actually see something from my perspective because I'm fighting for it versus like (laughs) just like laying down and they're like, I won, I won. She didn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, I do think that it's a, it's probably a more stressful (laughs) way to live than Tian's very peaceful (laughs) life. You know, I've I've seen some good results. I've seen some good results. There could be more. There you go. There you go. (laughs) It could go better. I mean, Tian, do you do you think that um, toxic traits have like a companion good trait? I think so. Yeah, I I think so. It's like if you want to try to start to address what you consider a toxic trait, then it's starting to work from that place of the good, good twin trait. Like your very generous read of procrastinating and avoiding confrontation is a sign of keeping the peace and making, you know, being thoughtful about other people's emotions and harmony, which I'm like, yeah, that does sound really good and bubbly (laughs) and wonderful. Um, And then my brain just went to, yes, but it's also, I guess I am good about keeping this faux snow globe life that we're all (laughs) riding through. But I do, I do think there, there has to be because then you know, what's the level of what is a toxic trait if you don't have something good to compare it to? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, also, like, aren't these all just means of survival? Like, yes. this is how we have figured out how to get through <laughs> getting bad letters from the bank. And, like, people <laughs> saying racist things to us. Yes, like, yes. It's just sort of, like, this is how I cope with it. Like, I, the life is long, and this is how I can, like, manage <laughs> And, you know, that I think that that's always good. Survival is is nice. Even if, you know, maybe we could we could ease off ourselves. We could be kinder to ourselves. We could allow for some space. Mm -hmm. That's good. That's a really great note to to uh, to end on. I feel like that's a natural. We can talk about toxic people (laughs) in the future. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, how much time you get when other people. I know. Seriously, I can name I'll name names, last names and first names. (laughs) Exactly. I'm like, address. What, what do you Your toxic trait is getting sued for libel. Um, <laughs> and yes, I do mean it with actual malice, says Tian. I do a microphone. Um, okay, uh, let's take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to do a combo I feel petty sanity corner. It's summer. Rules are looser. Be free. We'll be right back. Top Thrill 2 is like no other course. Two 420-foot vertical speedways, three launches. All right, let's talk strategy. Copy that, driver. Go for maximum acceleration off the start. Measure that. You've got a short straightaway to push from 0 to 74 on the first vertical speedway. And what about the rollback? Rollback will set you up for an explosive reverse climb 420 feet in the sky so you reach 0 Gs in total weightlessness. 420 feet of straight-up speed. Let's get it. Top Thrill 2, the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch Stratocoaster. Get your tickets at cedarpoint.com. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. With blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar. Discover legendary tastes with America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue 
panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, I mean, just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. And welcome back. You're listening to Hysteria, the podcast where we don't really care about rules when it's too hot outside. I've got Akila and Tien and Alyssa with me as usual. Um, let's let's talk housekeeping and then let's get to our sanity corner. I feel petty. All right. Housekeeping. The wait is over. Crooked's new podcast, Dare We Say, is officially here. In its first episode, out now, best friends Josie Toda. Alicia Pasquale Pena, Yasmin Hamidi, give you 10 hilarious tips on how to celebrate your birthday. You don't want to miss it. New episodes of Dare We Say drop every Thursday wherever you get your podcasts. All right. Less than 100 days until the midterms. That's not that long. It's like no time. It's no time. It's safe to say midterm madness is setting in. Erin, right now, you can find all your new Vote Save America merch in the Crooked Store. A portion of every single order on the Crooked Store goes to Vote Riders, the leading organization focused on informing citizens of their state's voter ID requirements and helping them secure the documents they may need to vote. So check out crooked.com slash merch for the latest drop. Then head to votesaveamerica.com to find out how to get involved and do your part in the lead up to this year's midterms. You know what, Alyssa? I really want one of those Ulster County I Voted stickers. I, I want one oh sent to me with the little angry robot guy that the I try I will try to find it for you. If you can, um, that's all I need for Christmas this year. Just in Ulster okay. County. Well, you know that's not all, but I, okay. <laughs> all right. House has been kept. Um, we're gonna call an audible this week. I'm gonna do sanity corner, and here's my sanity corner. My sanity corner is something that is deeply petty, and I'm realizing now that a lot of things that make me feel whole are deeply are, <laughs> are like deeply mean. Um, I've talked about this before, but I love like a really bitchy over the top takedown review oh, of something I know that where deserves you're going. to be. I know where you're going. Fully reviewed. <laughs> oh no. Ooh, wait, which one is okay. it? Do it. <laughs> yes. I love uh, I love Pete Wells's per se review. Charlie Jane Anders, who we've had on the show, did a hilarious review of I think Transformers Three that made me laugh so hard I cried. Uh, I love a good A.O. Scott movie panning. This week's bitchy review is brought to us by New York Times book reviewer Dwight Garner, and it is a review of Caroline's <laughs> book, Breaking History. Um, so- we're going to link to this in the show notes. I memorized a line. I memorized a line. In it. Oh, one of the lines is like, is so good. I mean, I'm not going to get it tattooed, but I would wear a temporary tattoo of it for like a week. Okay. <laughs> so uh, I'm just going to read the opening paragraph. Um, the United States Secret Service isn't known for its sense of humor, but when it gave Jared Kushner the code name Mechanic, was someone betting that he'd call his memoir <laughs> Breaking History? That's... <laughs> Hilarious. And this review continues on. No. Um, Dwight Garner did not like this book, <laughs> Breaking History. 
Um, and uh, he seems to think it's a bad book and he wants everyone to know it's bad and should feel bad. One of the lines from, I'm going to read some select lines from the review, but we're going to link it in show notes if you want to read them, uh, read the review itself because it's really, really good. Kushner looks like a mannequin and he writes like one. (laughs) They just dog in his face like straight up. This book. Oh my God. Is he on the cover? Yeah. This book, I love that he he dragged him for like looking like a mannequin, which it's like, hmm, can you write about someone's looks in a book review? Yes, you can. Because he also writes like, uh, this book is like a tour of a once majestic 18th century wooden house now burned to its foundations that focuses solely on and rejoices (laughs) and rejoices in what's left amid the ashes. Two singed bathtubs, the gravel driveway, and the mailbox. All the things to describe. (laughs) Here's another great line, maybe the best line. Reading this book reminded me of watching a cat lick a dog's eye. Go, that is like that is visceral, man. Uh, Yes, 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 yes. He says that. He, I can paraphrase. He You're like, I remember. <laughs> You're like, that, I'm ready. <laughs> that um, he writes in such pathetic platitudes and cliches that in the book, Jared Kushner writes, he's quoting the former White House Deputy Chief of Staff, not me. And he says that they talked about how every day was like making the most of it, like watching sands through the, through the hourglass. And then the reviewer writes, and so are the days of our lives. And I was like, yes, I was absolutely, <laughs> thank you for that. It would have been nothing without the shout out to days of our lives. Yeah. Um, oh my God, which, yes. by the way, RIP just went streaming only. But like, I I really, I, I read that. I was crying laughing. It's it's so funny. Jeez. Incredible. Incredible. Um, definitely worth reading. I would say it is an angry Pete Wells level book review of a bad book that deserves to be taken down. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to finish my little sanity corner by reading this, this paragraph from the review, which by the way, there's tons more (laughs) little gems in there that I did not get to read. Indeed. It is a, it is a beautiful (laughs) string of pearls. Um, You finish breaking history wondering, who is this book for? There's not enough red meat for the MAGA crowd, and Kushner has never appealed to them anyway. Political wonks will be interested maybe to a limited degree, but this material is more thoroughly and reliably covered elsewhere. He's a pair of dimples without a demographic. No demographic. Imagine being told you have no demographic. If you look the best, it's such a dig because I'm not, look, I don't know anything from anything. But he kind of had his dimples removed when he was in the White House, so I felt like it was a yeah. real shot. Take a look. Yeah. Look at Kushner pre pre White House and post White yeah, House. Yeah, what happened to his dimples? Facial recognition is not. He lost uh, his there's, dimples. There's something that went on. So I felt like the dimples was a real fucking dig because I'm not sure he has the dimples anymore. What a mystery. Oh, that yeah. is such a good point. What happened? Neither dimples nor a demographic. That is so inside dimple to me. I did not you know. Guys. That he was a dimple. That's why person. I spend oh less time God. on social media now. I knew too much. <laughs> don't go to an esthetician in Washington, D.C. They don't know what they're doing. They do not know what they're doing. Yeah. New Yorker, New Yorker, mm-hmm. L.A. Otherwise, ooh. Okay. Um, Tien. Yes. Are you going to do Sanity Corner or I Feel Petty this week? I'm going to do Sanity Corner. And I just, it's very, it's just a fun little one. Um, I... I have a a Schwinn exercise bike that I'm now totally obsessed with. (laughs) Humble brag. (laughs) 
sorry. Um, but I don't like going to the gym and I don't like classes in public. So I really search on YouTube for different types of like trainers. And I found one that I really like and I want to share with everyone. Her name is Kaylee Cohen. She's incredible. She is like the perfect amount of like positivity without making me feel like I'm watching some someone be like brainwashed. So it's like, she's so funny, so great. She also always works out and bikes and does her te- like her videos with a little pug in the Cute. tiny small chair that is always passed out while she's like doing <laughs> sprints <laughs> at like crazy speeds. And I just find it to be so like, it's like my, like my, my, my little, it is my little sanity corner. Like I do it like every day, every other day, hang out with Kaylee and it makes me feel so much better. That's so, a little, so a little shout out to Kate. She also does yeah, a ton of other different types of exercises, but I love her cycling. Hmm. Hell yeah. And go off, Kaylee. Go off, Kaylee. <laughs> <laughs> um, Akilah, do you want to do Sanity Corner or uh, I Feel Petty this week? Okay. I want to do both. <laughs> you're, the, you're the guest. Um, you get to do whatever you so, want. So, yeah, like we said, rules don't matter. Another toxic trait. And I'm exactly, Akilah can't just let it go. <laughs> she can't just let us all have the same thing. Okay. So, I'll start with the Sanity Corner because it was something that made me very happy. Um, this morning I was on Twitter and I saw yesterday that former President Barack Obama said that uh, this inflation reduction bill that is huge climate legislation was a BFD, as we all know, Joe Biden said on a hot mic about the health care bill. And it's just incredibly lovely and heartwarming. But Joe Biden quote tweeted that today and said, thanks, Obama. And I thought that that was like perfect. I'm like, for my little like saccharine first election heart, <laughs> it's just really nice that they're doing callbacks to our favorite jokes from the last time we had a presidency that wasn't like actually grading on a daily basis. Um, so it feels good. You know, it was like a good throwback to a uh, recession era. I loved it. Like, I felt young again. I felt young again. <laughs> felt that is, that's such a good sanity corner. Inflation Reduction Act is a big, big fucking deal. Like it's, it's really, is. and it is like, you know, it's nice. It's like, oh, Washington functioned. Worked. Yeah. And like, it let's keep it a little light, you know? Like, we don't all have to be like, I want, I have pitchforks outside of the White House. <laughs> it's always like any decision that's made. It's like people have to go to 100. I'm like, why don't you just shut up and take the win? Like, everybody, like, it's just people who are like, okay, I guess gas will be cheaper. Oh. Yeah. I know. It's, it's crazy how pundits like even and some Democrats will try to take a W and break it apart. So it's two L's. Like, yes. Right. Oh, that was. That's really good. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You got to write that good. one down, guys. Yeah. That's well, one. I'm like that. saying it into a microphone. So maybe I won't have to like actually write it down. Um, <laughs> it's, it's excellent. No, that's 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 great. And, you know, the only way that it could be, I think the callback could be complete is if Biden put on the aviator shades and ate an ice cream cone. Is- yes. Yeah, you <laughs> that know. That would be good. I, I hope they just go back and forth memeing each other about like 2012 for the rest of my life. And I'm like, that was the last time I was truly happy. <laughs> oh, no. You know, it's fine. It's fine. You know, we, we have glimpses. <laughs> okay, so here's my I feel petty. Um, uh, it was actually inspired by um, what you said about uh, the review. I love a bad review of anything as well. And um, this is actually not a new one, but I, I think I have to share it very quickly because it's, it is one that I, I love. And another toxic trait of mine is that I refuse to pay for the New York Times or the LA Times. I will just not do it. 
I will literally email my friends and be like, send me. <laughs> because they, they publish too many bad opinions. And that's that's my opinion. <laughs> Legit, that's very fair. That's very fair. They don't need my black dollars. So anyway. All right. So this is from years ago. And I, I tried to find it while you were talking because I love it. And I realized that I loved it so much. I tweeted it. So when you search this review, like if you don't want to read the whole article, I tweeted both chunks from the New York Times and LA Times. So there's a very popular YouTuber named Shane Dawson. He is not the best. Um, <laughs> he was on a show on Showtime called The Chair, where like people were allowed to make films. They were like greenlit. And then they like were given an amount of money to go and it was like sort of the same movie, two directors, and like one was like a real director, and then one was this asshole YouTuber. Oh my god! <laughs> and so, <laughs> the first sentence of I believe this is the New York Times one is it, so the movie's called Not Cool. The re- the start of the review is Not Cool, one of two films to emerge from a stars competition show called The Chair, is an attempt at a raunchy comedy that is so poorly executed and so unfunny that no one involved with it should ever be allowed to work in the movies again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so that's oh. the first one. The second one is so good. <laughs> this is from LA Times. A stab. No, a frantic machete swipe at comedy that only date rapists, racists, and sociopaths could love. The persistently (laughs) ugly, not cool, begins with rapid-fire gags about overweight, undersex losers, coitus with vegetables, loose bowels, rivers of puke, and slut-shaming. And the film finds a way to tumble downhill from there. Oh, my God. (laughs) Wow. Wow. That is... Art. Wow. I love it. I will always read it. And I'm like, nothing I've ever made has been that bad. <laughs> oh my God. That, that demographic at the top is that's Jared Kushner's demographic. <laughs> yes, exactly. There's the demo. There he is. There, there he is. is. <laughs> no dimples required. Oh my, oh my God. God. That's amazing. Um <laughs> wow. Beautiful. I like I had a Pinterest board of bad reviews. I swear to God. That was for my oh. own like edification. When I felt bad, I would just be like, I really want to read this review that A.O. Scott or like uh, Roger Ebert's review of North or whatever. And yeah, yes. Lindy West on on Love Actually and et cetera. Um, all right, Alyssa, what is uh, your sanity corner? I feel petty this week. Okay, so it's a sanity corner. You guys, I found a show that I didn't know existed and I love it so much that I had like an experience watching it. So it's The Split, which is a BBC show that's now on Hulu. And there are so many things that are right about it that I like savored every single episode. And the cast, and here's the thing, Abby Morgan, I've gone down the rabbit hole on this. Abby Morgan's the creator and it was envisioned as three seasons. And it was so popular, apparently, in the in the UK that people were clamoring for other seasons. And she was like, no, uh, it's three seasons. This is how it goes. And so I was really nervous about starting the third season. And every single episode, it is about a family, all women, of divorce lawyers, of family, family law lawyers. And I was like, how is this going to be interesting? Okay. Nicola Walker, who plays Hannah, is incredible. But my... I don't I can't call her a ride or die because that's Erin. But Fiona Button, who plays Rose, is so fucking good. She's so fucking good that I like literally 
You guys, I DM'd her on Instagram. <laughs> I love that. Oh, and God. I was like, Fiona, this is so nerdy of me, but I have to tell you, I love the show so much that I haven't even watched the last episode because I'm afraid for the ending and I'm not sure I'm going to be able to handle it. Mm-hmm. Anyway, she wrote me back. She's a fucking nice person. Oh, that's so oh. nice. But I sat down. I sat down and watched the final episode. And I wish that more people would do what Abby Morgan did. Like, that's how the show was supposed to end. It ended. It could have gone on, but it wouldn't have been as powerful and amazing and, like, satisfying an ending if it had gone on. And so, anyway, if anyone's looking for a new show, also, it's, like, 57 minutes an episode. I love a good, solid hour-long show. Mm -hmm. Because it just – it's, like, once you've done the dishes – I'm really telling on myself here. (laughs) Once you've done the dishes (laughs) – it's like two full episodes before you have to wind it down to bed, and it eliminated cable news from my life for a solid two weeks. Oh, I love that for you. Amazing. Wow, that is so. Insane. Anyway, wow. that was, I just want to say <laughs> the split. It was funny. It was like very British. It was so well written. The clothes are great, and they throw good parties on the show, Ooh. which I always enjoy. A show that knows how to throw a party, they threw great parties. Oh, incredible! So, and that's yeah. See, I'm smiling talking about it. I, I know it adding so much. that to my list. Yeah, yeah. same. I'm it's gonna watch good. it tonight. <laughs> it's good. It really is. I know. Stranger Things is just, just too much of a lift. It's like I gotta watch a whole movie every time I want to watch too an episode. I, <laughs> I haven't watched no, this season. I've I gotten to either. the part where we heard the sing, the song. Like <laughs> I was like, oh, she's walking into school. She's running up that hill. And I was like, enough, enough. <laughs> like I can't take the stress. I want these kids to be happy. Why didn't they move by now? <laughs> <laughs> I just don't get it. Um, yeah, it's it's really good this season, but it's just every episode is like indulgently long. And it's just yeah. like, come on. I do I have 90 <laughs> minutes to watch an episode of television? Netflix it's- was like, this is the last time we're gonna have money. So <laughs> it's 90 yeah, minutes. Yeah, that, I can't that doesn't see that's, that's too long. long. That's it's too movie. long. That's a movie. That's a movie. Yeah. I'm in the that's- middle of the morning show right now, and I, I, I it's weird, but I can't yeah. stop watching it. The morning show is is way darker. It makes you feel way darker yeah. than you think you're going to feel with a show that's like Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. Yeah. I will say I read an audition for that. <laughs> and all I can say is it's going to get dark. Uh, <laughs> okay. I got to stick that's with it. Do they become cannibals? Is there a I'm twist okay, about... Uh, Listen... It's entirely possible the way it's going. <laughs> okay. I'm only yeah, in season I'm only in season that. one. I'm only um, in season one. Oh, you keep going. Okay, 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 okay. <laughs> Dig, all right? Dig. Okay, 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 okay. Um, lower and lower. It's it used to be the most expensive TV show ever made. Was it really? It was like twelve it was twelve million dollars an episode. Yeah. Wait, Why? what about that, that show on Netflix that was like the breakdown or the get down from Baz Lorman that was like a <laughs> billion dollars and they did one season? They're like, How dare you? <laughs> They were so mad. That's the reason why Netflix will never make a profit. Uh, probably. <laughs> you first. There is a uh, the new Lord of the new Lord of the Rings is now the most expensive show ever made. The one that's on Amazon Prime. Oh. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, and and oh, it's like, is it a show or a movie? I was confused. It's like it's a show. And jo- Josh was. Uh, I I know it's a show because, and this is not like name dropping, whatever, but. Jo- okay. Josh is good friends with the showrunner um, and him and his family moved to New Zealand like in 2019. And I was at their going away party and we were all like it was 2019. We're all like, oh, New Zealand. It's just so far from everything. Like, you know, wow. What a you know, what a what a crazy move to make with your family. And then like 2020 and COVID happened and he, they were all in New Zealand just having a great time. Uh, Not getting yeah, COVID from the sheep. Yeah, yeah. But apparently the show's good. Most expensive show in the world, the show is good. Uh, 
morning show, also dark. I hope there's no hobbits in it as far as I know. But, I hope um, so, actually. I'm, I'd love a hobbit. To I can confirm I didn't read anything about it. Okay. <laughs> Depends on how you define hobbit. <laughs> exactly. Interesting. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. That's all the time we have this week. Tiana and Akila, thank you so much for being here. Always fun to see both of you. Alyssa, thank you for being my ride or die. Listeners, thank you for listening. Thank you for continuing to tune in and support us. Uh, If you like what you're hearing, tell your friends, rate and review us. If you have some feedback or you have a tip for us, hysteria at crooked.com. We all read it and we don't pay attention to the ones that are mean. So we love constructive (laughs) feedback. Um, Destructive feedback gets made fun of. Um, (laughs) There'll be more for you next week. So uh, tune in then too. See you later. I am from another planet. This nation is our Janet. But these girls can fan it. Y2K email and scan it. Don't take no furniture. Hysteria is a Crooked Media production. Caroline Rustin is our senior producer. Our executive producer is me, Aaron Ryan. Alyssa Mastromonaco is our co-producer. And Fiona Pastana is our associate producer. Kyle Seglin and Charlotte Landis are the sound engineers. And our editor is Sarah Gibalaska and the folks at Chapter 4. Thank you to our digital team, Nar Melkonian, Mia Kelman, Milo Kim, and Matt DeGroote. Rev up your thrills this summer at Cedar Point on the all-new Top Thrill 2. Drive the sky on the world's tallest and fastest triple-launch vertical speedway. And it's your last chance to get more fun for less with our limited-time bundle for just $49.99. Get admission, parking, and all-day drinks for one low price. But you better hurry, because this limited-time bundle ends June 30th. Save now at cedarpoint.com. The legend of Cayman Jack is just around the corner. Mixed with blue agave nectar, real lime juice, and cane sugar for the perfect balance of sweet, salty, and sour every time. Discover legendary taste with Cayman Jack, America's number one margarita. Premium flavored malt beverage. Please drink responsibly. All registered trademarks used under license by American Vintage Beverage Company, Chicago, Illinois.